Rocket, welcome back to the My Love of Golf podcast. How are you there, sir? I'm very good, thank you, Roscoe. How about yourself? Good, thank you, mate. I always play that music in your ear, and when I'm sitting here listening for you to chime in, I'm usually doing a bit of a jig and a bit of a dance. I'm usually upbeat, but I'm a little bit subdued tonight, mate. It's been a big week, big week of golf in Australia, a little bit subdued after what feels like a loss. A win for golf in Australia, a win for golf in the world, but it just feels like a loss with the internationals going down today in the President's Cup. So I just thought that we should just get on, get it off our chest, let everyone hear what's essentially going to be your review, um, not mine, your review, because you are all over it like a hot sausage on a barbecue, um, <laughs> and just put it out there and uh, and move on, mate, and move on. What are you, so uh, what happened? What are we, yeah, we were there on Thursday. We did a little oh. a four minute fireside with Roscoe and Rocket. We came back. We debriefed on day one. We had it set up. We had the team set up for a big, a big three days. It was all it was almost in the bag, and uh, no, it wasn't to be. Oh, it's just emotional. It's just emotional, Roscoe. You know, you think you know they finished sort of day two you know, kind of around about where we sort of suggested, except for that. Uh, it was that big match. Um, um, oh, who was the big come from behind? Um, actually, that might have been day three. Oh, I'm just so lost. There's so many things. So they finished day two sort of level pegging with the with the US team. And we thought, you know, this is good. Set it up. You know, so they're maintaining the lead. And then we roll into yesterday. So day two. You know, which was the four balls, and you know, with the exception of, of the morning, um, you know, I call it a debacle with Leishman and, and How Tung Lee. I'll get on to Mister Mister Lee, you know, later on. But you know, it's sort of set up the internationals with a really good lead going into the foursomes. Um, big challenge is that you know the overnight rain sort of softened the course a little bit, um, and what really what it really came down to was the American fight back in the foursomes in the afternoon that that is that is where they uh, arrested the momentum and the and you know bridged some of the gap you know because they came out with you know two wins and you know the other two uh, were tied so they claimed a significant amount of points on that day when you know we kind of just fell apart I think the international team, in, in the foursomes and that sort of bridged that little gap that gave them a little bit of a sniff going into the final day being today. And everything looked sort of in the balance, sort of in the middle of the road, you know, we you know, essentially just needed, uh, I think it was five, just needed five points out of 12 matches um, to, to win the President's Cup. And it, I just couldn't get the job done. Five points out, five points out of twelve, and we got two points. Two points, three and four half matches, oh, and a couple of those half matches really should have been Ws. Oh, if let's let's look yeah, at the, the first so, one so, now. I, I, so I, before I, I, I didn't before I pull, sorry, I pull apart the matches. Yep. Before I pull apart the matches, I'll. I want to say it was on Royal Melbourne playing hard and fast, perfect venue, 
It was a great event. Every day was just chock full of action. And you can honestly say the international team, they did let one get away, but, you know, there's certain players in that team that really stood out, and we'll call them out individually as we go through this. Well, let, let's, so let's, I, I, I want to leave it as a positive first yeah. before we dissect yeah, yeah, yeah. it. No, I agree. And uh, as I say, you, we were down there on Thursday and spent the day and had a good look around. And in, as far as an event, it was, you know, up there with – I've like been very lucky to – I've been to an Open. I've recently been to a Solheim Cup and – you know, in terms of infrastructure set up and you know access and everything to do with you know what it takes to put on a big event on a global stage that event had everything and nothing was left behind so whether it's the the PGA tour um, whether it's the PGA of Australia golf Australia whatever the bodies are that were involved you know Royal Melbourne of course Benny Jarvis down there at Royal Melbourne who's the new director of golf who just basically stepped in as the new director of golf this year and took on you know a lot of the work. Uh, congratulations to all all of you guys. Um, it was a fabulous event. I've been fortunate and privileged enough through what I do to be able to talk to hundreds of people this week who have been in town, experiencing Melbourne, experiencing Royal Melbourne as well, going to the President's Cup from as from Weeper. I think that was the no, the most northern person that I I spoke to. Someone from Weeper came down. I don't know what even what sort of golf they play in Weeper, but someone came from Weeper down to the President's Cup as far away as Esperance, Albany, Bunbury uh, in the west. You know, so many people came from New Zealand, uh, a lot of people from, you know, the Malaysian regions and China. Uh, yeah, the people from everywhere came to Melbourne to experience. You drive through the city. Every morning I drove through the city on the way into um, into the, uh, the golf biz and you could see the President's Cup's hats and you know, Titleist hats and Callaway hats and every brand hats. Uh, guys are obviously dressed up going to the golf, and it was sensational. You don't, you don't, you don't see the city alive like that, except that when there's other big events. You know, you, you're used to seeing it for the Oz Open or you know the Arnold Classic or these big events that just bring a lot of people to town. Well, it was golf's turn, and golf did a great service for Melbourne as a city, Australia as a country, and the Melbourne Sandbelt as a golfing destination. An absolute no, credit. And if if Australia and the Sandbelt isn't on the tips of everybody's lips and in terms of a golfing destination now, I don't know what more we can do because it just stood out. You it know, lit up the golfing world, that's for sure. Yeah, the, the bit that the bits that I did see, you know, I only had the opportunity to go with you there on Thursday and I didn't get the opportunity to go back, unfortunately. But I had it on in the in the in the shop uh, all day being able to glance at it and you just stop and look for a second and you look at Royal Melbourne, some of the imagery, some of the shots, some of the vision and to me, you know, I had the same level of excitement and enthusiasm and, and everything bubbling through me as when I was watching La Hinch, as when I was watching Royal Port Rush, as when I watched all of that Lynx quality golf through then, that level of excitement, that's what it made me feel like. Royal Melbourne, the sand belt made me feel like that. I don't feel like that when I watch other golf, PGA Tour, you know, Bob and Gouge type golf. But when I watched Royal Melbourne today, I had that same level of, you know, passion for golf as I do when I have see that other international stuff. And if everyone else in the world felt like that, that's a good thing. Yep. I could go on. I could go on. But the internationals didn't get it done, Rocket, 
probably could have, would have, should, should have. We'll go. That's, I think we'll go top to bottom through the matches. I think that's about the only way we could do it. So, leading off the charge, Big Cat versus Honest Abe. I, I, Abraham answer. I heard an interesting stat. Uh, everyone probably heard it, but 82 career PGA Tour wins versus 82 professional starts. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'll, I'll say, you know, Abe answer was probably, he's probably the pretty close to MVP for the week for the international because he was, he was, he acquitted himself in all forms um, all week and then coming up against the big cat, that was a monumental task, but he really didn't shirk the responsibility of that. And he was going toe to toe with the big, the big dog. And the only way for Tiger to finish him off was essentially Tiger just birding the last three holes, 14, 15, 16 with some just, Vintage, vintage Tiger stuff. So, you know, it was Abe Answer really, he, he threw everything at it. But, you know, you've got one of the greatest of all time in just full steam. Um, that's Tiger, Tiger, Tiger when he's on is very hard to beat. And he was on. He, he was really on. So for him to only be, you know, to lose three and two is a, is a fair effort. So he quitted himself really well. Um, and he, and, he, and he wanted the match, right? He even went to Ernie and said, you know, give me Tiger. <laughs> give yeah. me Tiger. Like, you know, that's impressive. That's Rocket really Man, impressive. if you go back through uh, some of the back catalogue of the Roscoe and Rocket Epps where we started talking about President's Cup and the, and the who's who and the, and the ins and the outs and all of that, I'm pretty sure that you'll, you'll listen to us say that we think that Abe Anter is, is one of the future stars of the game. Just the way that he goes about it and mm-hmm. just the quality of uh, – golfmanship that he exhibits uh, and he absolutely proved that this week and there is no face lost for Abraham Answer in uh, a Tiger Woods defeat and he, he took it to him he, he absolutely took it to him I, I saw that early on and you know <laughs> jeepers we've all been in pennant matches where someone's gone bang 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 you know three massive uppercuts and and you know a half or a win just turned into a loss and no one else is going to do that to you like Tiger Woods can no. And so no. my question to you is, you know, Tiger leaving himself out of the Saturday masterstroke has to be. Uh, it was well. I think. I think it was. He knows his body better than anyone. So I think it's two things. It was quite chilly on Saturday, so he knows that if it's not, he knows how long it takes for him to warm up. So you think of it. Um, he would have had to warm warm up early to play the four ball. And then finish that, and then either sit out of the foursomes, um, and then try and be ready for Sunday, when he put his faith in his team, and just said, "Just you guys go out and do your thing," and he knew that he would be better served as a captain for probably those two, for those two, um, two rounds on the Saturday, and just gear himself up for a big for a big Sunday. So it was just smart, right? He just he just knew what his body could do, um, and he wasn't going to push it. So great, ad, great advert for the future for uh, any opportunities for playing captains, you know, because I think that Saturday captaincy was was very well executed by him. Yep. Yeah. Um, 
Now this then one, the next, this the this next one, this oh, should have this. been this. This should have been a black yeah. a black tick on the uh, international side, not a not a red tick on the uh, the US yeah. side. Hideki versus Tony Finau. So Hideki had had a bit of an up and down week, and he came out all guns blazing. He had a a reasonable birdie putt on ten to be going potentially five up on his match. He missed it, and then Tony Finau. Oh. Tony Finau played some good golf, but Hideki played some bad golf. So really opened the door. So there was a four-roll whole stretch where they cut cut the um, cut the lead back to uh, I think it was to, to even. Um, Hideki won 16 with a beautiful second shot in there. Rolled the putting. For, I think he made birdie on that hole. And then he's, he's hit a, you know lost 17 with a stinker because. You know, he's hit a really good shot in there. He had two part. He only had a, he had a chance for Birdie to win the hole and basically take the match. Um, and then he he's you know knocked it about six or seven feet past and missed it coming back. So lost the hole. Goes up the last and and um, you know they square the match. You know, and I, I said right there and then you know on uh, on Twitter that that three putt on seventeen will be the difference and. Yeah, the US won by two points, but if you think about the rest of your teammates, and you see one of your t- you know one of them that's up high, and you can see the scores, you know I remember back in pennant, if you you hear other teammates that are making fight backs and comebacks, um, it can actually inspire you to dig a little bit deeper as well, you know. So Finau's comeback. Has potentially just given a spur to one or two other Americans to make comebacks or just fight and dig a little bit deeper, right? Because you, you, you can feel you start to feel the momentum, and it's just this thing that just per, permeates itself through the rest of the team when you start to make these comebacks. I, I myself have been um, privy to some of those in my own sort of pennant career, and it it actually is a real thing to hear when you hear a teammate that might be four down and all of a sudden they're only one down, like. It pumps you up thinking they're fighting. So then you just think over your next shot, if you're having a bit of a struggle, you're going to fight as well. So Hideki losing three putting and lose, essentially losing that match from being four up was a, oh, I think it was a momentum deflator for the internationals and a mo- momentum swinger for the, for the, for the American team. And it started to permeate itself through the rest of rest of the matches. Um, don't know what else to say about that one, but just you know, just I'd probably really feel for Hideki because he had that one in the bag. And ugh. um, what was the next match out? CT Pan versus Patrick Reed. Uh, look, CT's going to be better for the run. He was up and down through the week. I'm not going to talk about Shufflehead because I don't want to talk about that person. I've said more than enough, so we'll leave that. You have to talk about him, mate. You, What's that? You have to talk about him. Like, what? Have to... I have to talk about the fact that he is a blight on the game and he makes me angry. Well. And the, and the fact that his, his brother-in-law, because he didn't like some of the heckling, decided he'd want to have a bit of a tate-a-tate with a fan. Now, what was the because... what was the goss on that? You know, like I didn't – I saw a little bit of – Footage. I didn't see the actual footage. Was there actual footage of the of the argy bargy? I saw the walk off. Uh, the tail end of it. Yeah. 
and and his quote was, he'd had enough of the heckling. Oh, booty, booty, booty. Yeah, 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 exactly. Like, please, please. Mate, I, no, I, I get that you don't want to talk about it and he works you up because you are a passionate man. And uh, But as a professional broadcaster, which I'm now giving you the official title, <laughs> you have to be prepared to uh, put all those things aside and talk about it and give the, uh, the, the fans the information that they want. He won he, four and two. I, I was I was hope. Well, I did call it shovel versus pan, so who could move the most sand? <laughs> so, you know, shovel one over pan. You know, pan is quite small. Shovel, you know, you can use it left or right-handed. So, thus the win, four and two. Shovel beats pan. Um, I was really disappointed with Woods and that, that they didn't make that a Cam Smith, Patrick Reed match. People might like, have. That's what the fan give the fans what they want. Yeah. Like just the just the the following that would have happened in that match would have been ridiculous, ridiculous. If, I guess so, if there was ever a time when the stage was set, you know, especially after the argy bargy oh, of, of Saturday oh, and you know the uh, the caddy getting red carded, yeah, that's that's when you that's when you put Cam in there and you say, right, man, you know, you wanted you wanted the job, you brought it on, get it done. That one should have been like Ernie, Ernie and, and Tiger, or someone should have said to them, "Gone, guys, you have to make this match." Like you literally have to make this match because that thing would have been lit. It would have been off the off off the charts. But just for the benefit of the people listening, that they don't. There's not a collusion. You know, there's not a collaboration on which matches are going to. No. So it's no. just it's just I'm putting you out as one, two, three. Bit of three. cat mouse. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a bit of guesswork, isn't it? Like you think, yeah. oh, I'm going to put you know he'll go out one and and get the scene set. I I yeah. Tiger get finished first and then be able to captain the rest. So who are we going to yeah. put against Tiger? And then lo and behold, yeah. it comes out one. I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. You think there's a little bit of backroom sort of you know who do you think? What do we think? Do you think? I don't know. Yeah. Like, you know, do you think the, 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 the worker bees, you know, the team worker bees are sort of talking behind the scenes going, I think I think we're putting, you know, Reed at three. Or do you just Yeah, think, don't know. Don't know. Don't know. Don't know. Look if anyone but, if anyone's got any insights into that sort of world, um, and is much closer to it than we are, we'd love to hear that, uh, you know, anonymously. So, so Reed, I'll give um uh, Pan a fair bit of uh, kudos for a fight back because he was six down after seven um, and he's brought it back on six one two three four five yeah six down after seven he got it back to two um, with some really good play uh, but then unfortunately his 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 15 16 he's just yeah he had some terrible shots in there and just lost all momentum so there was a possibility of probably just dragging that one a little bit further but in the end, he just sort of gifted him those last few holes, which is a which is a shame. Um, next match, How Tung Lee versus Dustin Johnson. Oh, I'm pretty sure Dustin Johnson could have won that match left-handed. Um, How Tung Lee, uh, there've been some. Oh, I was trying to figure out why he he essentially, except for the singles, he only played one other match. And I am of the belief, after some other decent reports from people that are reasonably well-connected, 
that they were quite disappointed with how uh, Mr. Lee came into this event and also um, his unwillingness to take on instruction around how to manage this course, which was found out, especially with the um, uh, how we performed with the Leishman in the four ball, which was, you know, it's one of the few times Leishman was actually in form and, you know, Lee was quite horrible, actually. So apparently Tung didn't even bring his normal caddy, didn't even have a caddy, had his physio, who's had no caddy experience before on the bag, and uh, took no instruction. So the caddy knew not even a word of English, um, no even interpreter, and any interpretation they had to understand what course managed, how to manage the course and the instruction to where to hit it and how to play the course didn't take any of it on board. Permanent ban. Black ban for uh, 10 years. Uh, un- un- unfortunately, he'll, he'll probably play his way on, you know, in another two years because he's a decent player and, you know, they'll have no choice But because he, he plays his way on, then he plays his way on. Mm. Oh, yeah. my God. But that's that would have to be really frustrating. Um, and Dustin Johnson was quite ordinary for the whole week. So, you know, he, he, did, it, he did it quite easy in the end. Um. Our boy Adam Hadwin. How did he? Yeah. What'd you? What'd you? What'd you give him out of a, out of the week? Ten, nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. What do you give him? Four. Four. Okay. He was. He's quite average. You know, he set out both the thingos yesterday from food poisoning, or maybe it was stage fright. I, I don't know, but he was quite. He's quite average, uh, in the first couple of days, and. Um, watching him play against um, DeChambeau, he was, I, I, I don't know. It was the fact that the, the the fraud got away with just a tie says that Hadwin didn't play that well. And, and there's a part of me that still thinks I'm not sure why he was, I'm actually not 100% sure why he was picked on the team. I'm pretty sure it might have been line ball with a few other players um, on there, but he certainly didn't acquit himself too well through the week. I think he he teamed up with um, Leishman in the foursomes, I think it is, on day three. So even though Hadwin and Neiman um, beat Shoffling, oh no, they lost to Shoffling, can't they? Yeah, they got beat. Yeah, I remember that match. They were both of them were quite ordinary. They won. On, um, they won. Sanjay Im and Adam Hadwin beat uh, Cantlay and Shoffley on day one. Yeah. So, I'll get to San James soon. But, yeah, it was good to see the, the fraud not get a win, so that was good. Um, it's great to see him in the crowd doing his um, ultimate, ultimate warrior impression by shaking the bars and looking like just a complete, I don't know, clown. That's great, just producing more content. Can I tell you, can I tell you uh, a little post that I saw with my friend uh, Heath Street, fellow Peninsula Kingswood member, director of golf at Boxall Golf Course, he, he was one of the guys that got uh, a selfie with uh, the fraud in the uh, in that event, and um, and I made a comment on on his post, and you can check that out. I said, "Oh, two, I said two massive units." He said, "Yeah, yeah, it was great to talk about uh, what machines we use. We both got the favourite machine, the vending machine." <laughs> <laughs> that 
that's funny. Some of Heath Street's finest work right there. That's very yeah. good. Yeah. That is very good. Sorry, just thought I'd throw that in. Um, and then so we go Sanjay M, and he dusted off the uh, current US Open champion, Gary Woodland. Gary Woodland wasn't that great through the week, but Sanjay M, Mr. Mr. Um, Bubble Boy replacement. So he was the uh, – oh, actually, no, sorry, in correction, Ben Arn was the replacement for, for Jason Day, but Sanjay M was one of um, – uh, Ernie's captain's picks, and he was an absolute dead set baller all week. He, I, I would give him, along with him and Abe Answer, I, I would give them joint MVP. Yeah. Those two, those two acquitted themselves really, really well. And uh, we'll call a special shout out to the guys on the um, shotgun start, especially so Andy Johnson, you know. Circa Fried Egg has been on the Sanjay in bandwagon for uh, 12 months because he his first year on the US tour didn't win any events, but he was featuring in the top 15, top 20, pretty much most events for the whole year. He is a he is a baller, absolute baller. So um, yeah, he 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 put Woodland to the sword. <laughs> Really, and whoever he was, he was paired with in the four balls and the foursomes. You know, uh, I think they only lost. He only lost one match. I think it was. So he was. Um, he was really good. Um, the next one, which was is he nine, uh, is he a nine out of ten? Is he? What's he get? What's his score? Oh, easy nine. Easy nine. Easy nine. Okay. Easy good. nine. He was. He was. If, if it wasn't for answer and and him, you know, yeah, I reckon they would have been over. They, Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, then we go uh, Neiman and Cantlay. Um, first of all, so Cantlay, 3-2 win, finished off really strong. I'd say Patrick Cantlay really acquitted himself well because um, I think he likes this type of course. And I do project that the, the young man could be a potential major winner in the next three or four years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's just got that. He's just got the right temperament. He's got a good game. Um, and, uh, yeah, he quitted himself really well for the week. Uh, zero, unfortunately, zero wins for Wahin Neiman. Uh, unfortunately, you know, I think we've got to almost pinch ourselves and remember the, the man's tweet. It's not even a man. He's 20. Yeah. He's 20. He's been a pro for a year and a half. Um, he earned his PGA Tour card by just playing enough events and earning enough money. Um, yeah, he just, he just, he played quite poorly most of the week. Um, so, you know, hopefully he'll be better for the run, so to speak, but you know, the opportunities to win these tournaments are just, you know, they're very rare. You've got to get everyone on, on song when you come up against the U S. So it was just a shame that, you know, he was another one of those Ernie Els captain's picks. And he produced donuts, so um, that's quite hard to swallow. Um, then the next match he had Adam Scott versus Xander. Oh, the, the fact that Adam Scott even got close was surprising because he has not had any good form for the last month. And Xander Shoffley, I think he's probably MVP for the US team. Oh, this kid can flat out play. He's he's another one. I reckon he will win a major in the next two years. Yeah, 
he's he he is a legit he's a ball, he's a baller sorry to use the basketball terms but he he is he's made he's made of the right stuff i can joke about him driver doping and all that sort of stuff but as a ball striker and a competitor um he's he's got all the tools he just needs to put it all together he is he is he's a He's a star. He's going to be an absolute star. And he he lit Adam Scott up like a Christmas tree on that front nine. And uh, it would have taken Scotty's best to even beat him, I reckon. Um, but Adam Scott for the week, he was he was a bit of a liability, <laughs> unfortunately. Mm. Um, and it's a bit of a shame. Um, so Xander Shoffle, best uh, MVP for uh, Team USA? I think so for the week. You know, you think about the pairing of him and Cantlay. Um, even though they sort of split their matches, they 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 um, they did produce in their singles. So I think they produced three points each, uh, and they played all five. So, um, so you know, they, lost they on lost on lost on day one, one on day two. Yep. Uh, lost on lost, day lost, lost on day two, one on day one on day three. Yep. yep. So yeah. they, they, you know, that, and they, they, they played Royal Melbourne how it was supposed to be played. So whoever was playing them in, in four balls and foursomes, they were in for a hell of a time. Mm. So, you know, the people that beat them, they, they played very, very well um, because they were, they were right on all, all week. Um, so my guy, the most unassuming uh player to come make a comeback and I don't know how to describe Webb Simpson I probably described him inappropriately but uh, you know he just keeps what's the right word to describe Webb Simpson he just comes back and comes back and comes back again and keeps coming back a, at you he's just a competitor he's yep. just a competitor yep. and the unfortunate thing is he got saddled with um with a man child for three days <laughs> or for three 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 um rounds you know day one day two and then the morning of day three alright so you know like <laughs> You know, and 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 someone made the comment. They said, you know, someone goes, "Oh, why is Webb Simpson getting paired with Patrick Reed?" And they've gone, "Well, Webb Simpson has five kids. What's another one to that?" <laughs> there would have to be something like that, you know. Like obviously, we don't know Webb Simpson from uh, Webb uh, Simpson. I reckon he's the guy that gets paired with the people that no one wants. Yeah, yeah. He's just got something like that about him. Like, but he's he, ju- he's just the likable knockabout guy where he's quite willing to just. Their teammate with the person who's the biggest knob. Oh, I'm I'm pretty sure that he he was you know um, he he was the one that gets paired with like Bubba when Bubba is in team events. I'm sure if we speak to uh, to use um, other team parlance, if we spoke to our guys, uh, you know, let's bring him back onto the podcast uh, in words again, Scotty Jamison. I'm sure that all the teams that he's been in in the A League, and I think he's been on every one except one. Uh, he would probably agree that there's always someone in a team, in every team environment, where you know you've got that type of person yep. and another type of person, them. and they have a bond, and they bo- and they buddy up with them, and they get them through the the good times, and they get them through the crap times, and so Webb Simpson, good on you for uh, putting up with the crap of probably the most hated man in golf at the moment for a few days, yeah. but uh, and good on and you for good, yeah, Go and a good win for him. Yeah. So you know he played against Ben Arn, Ben Arn. Except for losing that one, he he was the replacement for Jason Day, and he acquitted himself really, really well. And I'm actually surprised at um, like 
I don't think I'd quite paid enough attention to him over the last sort of 12 to 18 months, but he can seriously, he can seriously play like, and some of the shots he was hitting, like, like, um, I can't remember which, was it the four balls or was it the foursomes? I think it was one of the four ball matches. I think it was a four ball match on Saturday and he's hit it left on 15 and he's up on the second, what would have been second on the composite, but it's like four west and he's in the fairway and he's got to hook it around a tree and his caddy's going, oh, I just hit it out over there. And he's like, no, nah, no, nah, I'm just going to hit it over there and hook it. And he's got like this two iron out and he's hit this booming hook and he's landed it in the, the the right trap pin side high, then got it up and down for birdie to halve the hole. And I'm like, man, this guy's like just a ball striker, putter, just a competitor. Like, he's good. He's really good. I think he actually won a US amateur, strangely enough. I'll have to go check up on the records of that one. But he was, like, as a replacement, he was really good. Uh Oh, well, look out for him for in 2020, Ben Ann. Yeah. Then Cam Smith versus Justin Thomas. Well, what can you say about young Cameron Smith? I think Ernie Els missed a trick by not playing him in most of the matches. Couldn't believe it myself. Could not, oh, my could not believe it myself. Like It has to, has to be one of the most toughest competitors unflappable, you would seem. Once again, don't know him, but just from what we see, just the way that he gets about the course, the way that he plays, the way he grinds it out, you would have to say that he's built for match play, built for this type of thing. On, he, his, and he, he, on the home turf, on the home turf, home, to, home turn advantage, you know, like, I couldn't believe it. Anyway. Some of the shots he hit down the stretch, he was, he's not the longest hitter, but he was actually gunning at a few pins. He's going up against JT, who's a, who is a really good player. He's a super amazing player. And he beat the dude two and one. So you think about Cam Smith right off the bat, before the tournament starts, called Patrick Reed a cheat straight off the bat. Then we have on top of that, we've got Justin Thomas is probably one of the better performed of the, you know, consistent performers of the American team. You know, he had his own controversy because he was having a, he's having a, a teary because they wouldn't give him a, a two foot putt when the hole before he made them putt that one, that was quite funny. Oh, and that's um, where that's where he pulled his putter out and said, you know, it's inside a putter length. Yeah, 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 let's measure it. Like, get over it, man. Let's match yeah. play. Vlog. I love JT, but that was that was ugly American status right there. Mm. Especially when he did it to them the hole before. Oh, um, couldn't couldn't believe it. Couldn't believe it. Uh, but Cam Smith, you know what? You know, he only played three matches. Came out with two wins and a loss. And I'm, I think Ernie else in reflection should be thinking I probably should have played him more because he's just made for this. He's a little Aussie battler with the you know the, the it looks like the ill-fitting flat bill cap. Um, <laughs> he, he he looks he looks like he looks like a he looks like a uh, a try-hard skater boy, and um, with the graphite shafts. You know, so he's stolen his mum's clubs. And um, he just gets it around. He just gets it around. And he was just impressive. Like, he was one that I didn't think would win that match. And he was just impressive. Because JT came out. He had him three down after four. I'm thinking, oh, it's going to be a bloodbath. 
but he just knuckled down and he just kept applying pressure and got the job done. Just got the job done. Mm. Hard to rate him out of 10 because we didn't see that enough of him, but uh, it was a great performance on that last day. Just and for the three matches, I'll give him, I'll yep. give him eight. Yep. And it was at a crucial time. You know, that win at that stage was at a very, very crucial time. So, you know, it could have still – it was still in the balance very much so at that point, yep. yeah? Yeah. So, yeah, you know, you've got that pressure on you. You've just seen, you know, the opposition go bang, 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 you know, three uppercuts with three wins – yeah. And uh, so there's a whole stack of pressure coming your way and you get the job done against one of the biggest bombers, you know, the, one of the guns of the globe. So, yep, a deserved 8 out of 10 for uh, Cam Smith, the boy from Queensland. Now the Mattress King, the Mattress King and, uh, oh, Louis, and, Louis, and front, Louis, Louis, front bucket loader. Yeah. yeah, that's it. You know, steam shovel, yeah. steam shovel coocher. Um, yeah, Louis. He, he was playing so well all week and he had Kucher on the ropes, four down after, um, <laughs> no, actually no, so three down after after six. Then Kucher made a bit of a comeback and then he's he had him, I think he wrestled it back to sort of three, down, one, two, three, it was four, one, two. So he got a, he was, had him three down with two, four, six to play and tied. He, Basically allowed Kucha back in, just hit some. Kucha had hold some good putts, and Louis had just hit some bad shots. Just coming in, just kind of fell it apart. You know that was one of those matches where, you know, if you, if you flip the difference on that one, you know that's that was the other match where we we're up on up strong early, and you know fell apart. And so that momentum would have just made its way back through the rest of the team. So it was just, I don't know, except for that singles match, Louis for the whole week was just amazing. He was just amazing. He played so well through all the four balls and the foursomes. And, you know, he had he had um, Steam Shovel just on toast and don't know what happened. Really don't know what happened. That's, uh, uh, don't, I don't like seeing... People lose to Matt Kucher. No, I mean, they didn't, it didn't lose. It felt felt like a loss, but uh, you know, uh, the man that's moved a million a million particles of loose impediment, of loose impediment, otherwise known as sand, sand, and effectively done the same as what Patrick Reed's getting hauled over the coals for. Um, yeah, you know, plus others uh, doesn't doesn't yeah. doesn't hold a lot of a lot of favour. I, I do. I, I, the only thing that really I've enjoyed for the week was some of the nickname, one nickname which stuck in the crowd for the whole week for, for um, Steam Shovel. And um, the uh, Aussie crowd were calling him Dinosaur Arms. Dinosaur Arms. T Rex. <laughs> Sh- short arms, long pockets yeah. in reference to, yeah. uh, you know, stiff and L2 can. Yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> so, you know, I heard, I did, there was one, I can't remember which hole it was. Uh, I, I'd seen a clip and it was like, you hear this shot dinosaur arms. <laughs> <laughs> See, it, that's the beauty about bringing golf to Australia. 
you, you, you don't get you don't get that quality in, in in America. Dinosaur arms. They're not going to think about dinosaur calling someone dinosaur <laughs> arms because he stiffed the caddy ten thousand dollars. Dinosaur arms. Yeah, oh so dear, good. I'm a dinosaur arms. Anyway, so. And then the last one we had uh, had the leash versus the human billboard, mm. um, and you know Leishman was in. Oh, I think he was in average form all week. He was just, oh, I, I honestly believe that he just put too, far too much pressure on himself and um, he just couldn't find his groove. He literally couldn't find his groove. Um, and he had, and he had Ricky down too. And to, 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 um, to Fowler's credit, he, he did fight back late Um and then, you know, Leash did win the last hole to tie the uh, the match, but you know, it was, it was it was done and dusted by then. It was I, done and dusted. Yeah. It looked like that match was going to be the difference maker. Mm. Um, but how he played, how Leishman played, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen was just uh, it was terrible. Yeah, kind of kind of threw it away. Well, I'll tell you where Leash's form was uh, best on ground. So post, I don't know if you saw the footage, but post uh, event, um, the boys went out onto the practice range at Royal Melbourne and had a bit of a kick of the footy. Oh, I saw it. I saw a post on it. I just hadn't seen any of the footage. And Leisha's drop punt was, uh, you know, it was, uh, you know, it would still would still hold weight in uh, the Warnable twos down there. Down there in the I reckon. Uh, he's a big dude, right? He's yeah. like about six four. See him up for, up, up forward taking a few speckies, you know, just taking a yeah. few overhead and just slotting slotting it back from about fifty five out, no problems. But uh yeah. yeah, no, his form with the uh the drop punt looked good. But uh not so much Play with the half forward for the, the Warnable Whalers or something like that. It's got a bit of the Jonathan Browns about him. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least he can speak unlike Jonathan Brown. Oh, that's a hush, that's harsh. That's that's uh friend of the podcast there, uh I hope you know. Oh, is he? Is Lego Head a friend of the pod- podcast? No, I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, if he was, he isn't now. <laughs> he's a friend of Paul McLean. He's a friend of Paul McLean from Bushnell, and, and Bushnell, uh, Paul McLean is a friend of the podcast. So, if he's a friend of Paul McLean's, he's a friend of mine. There you go. Hey, um, he looks, he looks like a, he looks like a Lego. You look at his head and his haircut. It's like a Lego figurine. He's a human Lego head. Oh dear. Um, back to the golf. <laughs> so, mate, it was. Um, yeah, sorry, go on. That was it. That was, yeah, that was it. So it was just a few matches. They just, oh, so, it's so close, so close. So um, can, I, can I tell you how I got my information and the reason why I didn't catch uh, any of the afternoon's golf today and how I got the information that the internationals had been beaten? Proceed. So Mrs. My Love of Golf had tickets for, and it is coming into Christmas, Love Actually, now you know the movie, it's 16 years uh, oh, old yep. this year, Love Actually, we're playing at the Hamer Hall in the city yep. in, with a live orchestra playing all of the music. Yeah. It was actually really good. Love, Love Actually for me is not my, you know, it's a chick flick to me. Um, yeah. And it's one of those movies, you know when sometimes you've got a movie that you've seen the end of three times, you've seen the middle of two times, yep. you've seen the start of, but you've never seen the whole movie. Yeah. Was the only time that I've ever seen the whole movie from start to finish, and the quality, <laughs> the quality of the music, if nothing else, was fantastic. But in the middle of whatever song it was, 
I can hear three rows in front. Oh, fuck. <laughs> the US have won. <laughs> someone's at it. Someone's watching it. So, so old mate down the front, three rows down the front, <laughs> was watching on his phone. Oh, far out. <laughs> the US have won the thing. I was like, oh, no. No, it's not. What's going on? I said, we've been beaten. You what? You've been beaten? How did you know that? I said, oh, mate, it's just yelled out. Oh, that's funny. So, yeah, anyway, that was it. Love actually missed the golf, but uh, old mate from wherever he was from, three rows in front, letting a ripper Magoo go, oh, far out. <laughs> it was actually, it wasn't a far out, it was a far. <laughs> I think we can say that. Um, anyway, so that's how I found out, but uh, yeah. It's a fr- it was a fruit truck. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, mate, overall, overall, you know, we, let's. Um, you know, if people digest this tomorrow, they probably already know all the results. But uh, that's your take on the golf. You've watched it religiously, and you had another level of insight. If you were there, and you know, when you're there, you don't get to see everything. There's Rocket's digestion of what happened: the highs, the lows, the high, the good performers, the not so good well, performers. You, you, th- you, th- you think as well, right? So you think about, you know, the US team. I think the lowest ranked person in the world was like 21st. Yeah. The highest rank international was like 18th. Oh, coming into it, we had no chance. No. And then, you know, it's interesting that, you know, what, what, what could have been different had, um, had Kepka played. Yeah. Um, don't know, but at the same time, you know, I still think internationals. I think we we were underdone. Yeah. Um, you know the the people that we, you know, the ones that we needed to be producing their best, like Scott Leishman, Hideki, um, were not. Um, out of the senior people, Louis, Louis was a standout. And we were just we were just blessed that you know one of the first times in in a long time that the the ones with the you know the younger guys and the rookies you know most of them really acquitted themselves well except for a couple. Yeah. Well, mate, um, let's you know as we alluded to before, it's the end of the season. The European Tour is off playing, you know, in whatever part of the world. The US tour's going into sleepy bye-byes mode. You know, they've got a tournament in Bermuda. If there was ever a reason that there should be a big world-class field, world-class tournament in this part of the world, i.e. Melbourne, it has to – whoever's behind pulling those strings and making it happen and pushing the buttons, it has to happen. It has to become a reality because I think the Australian golfing public – proved that it will get the support and the world golf in public proved that they they want to watch golf down here it's interesting melbourne especially the melbourne sand bro it's interesting Um, you know the guys from the fried egg you know wrote an article in terms of just almost like call out to all the billionaires out there please put on a massive event in the sand belt whether it be at royal melbourne or it's like at kingston Heath metro etc and it's rotated just put on a big purse, bring all the big players down because this is this is how golf's supposed to be. Absolutely, mate. And every you know everyone 
that's in that golfing space uh, in terms of um, online influencer type of person was here. You know, the Barstool they Sports, were. Barstool sports they were guys everywhere. were here. They Erica. were playing. They Eric. played every course. They, were, you know, they were all turn, heaps of them were turning up at our home home club. Um, they're at Kingston Heath. They're at Metro. They played Victoria. They, they played Royal Melbourne the week before, or something like that. They were everywhere, and they're like, "This is amazing." I think I think I mentioned the other day that you know I had that round with Luke Elvey, and he was blown away. And I think I mentioned that Ian Baker Finch was out there, and I bump into Finchie on. I think I said that uh, I bump into Finchie on on Thursday. At the golf, and um, had a quick chat about Peninsula Kingswood to him. Yeah. Uh, who else was there? The director of greens from Royal Birkdale. All that. That you, you know, like these guys were everywhere, and they were playing every course, and they were just blown away, blown away. Yeah. So they're yep. right. Now, mate, I want to talk. Uh, you know, we're sort of forty-nine minutes in the last couple of minutes about one of those guys that was in town for the yes. golf. Yes. Please tell me about this because when I saw it. I thought you're kidding me. No. So what you're alluding to, Rocket, there is the random golf club event that was held on Friday night at Royal Park Golf Club. Royal Park Golf Club, if you're from another part of the world or Australia, not in Melbourne, not in Melbourne CBD, is not a royal. It's in a royal park and therefore the name Royal Park, but it is not a royal nomenclature um, or designated golf club. It's a nine-hole public community course separated by a train line uh, about a 1.1-kilometre stone's throw from Melbourne CBD in a beautiful parkland on the northern side of the city. It's a little nine-hole with, I think, oh, I can't even remember, four par threes, a couple of par fours and a par five, something like that. Is that, is that the one is near, the, which, near the zoo? Oh, don't even, I don't even know that exists. It's in. It's It was Sir Peter Thompson's home course. It was where he learned. Didn't to even know. I've learned something. Okay. Five times. Do tell. Five times Open champion Peter Thompson. God bless him, Sir Peter Thompson. That's where he learned to play golf at Royal Park. So there's there's a lot of history around Royal Park, and uh, it's just opposite Princess Park. You know, the home of the Mighty Blues. Go the Blues. Um, so anyway, Friday night, the Random Golf Club. If you don't know what the Random Golf Club concept or movement is, you need to jump on to at random golf club get onto that instagram page at random golf club is the brainchild of eric anders lang now you know that i'm a massive eric anders lang fan you've heard me talk about eric for a long time eric in his golfing um influencer status golfing you know man of the globe status gave up his membership at wiltshire country club in in la just felt that it wasn't for him and he's venture now is to start what he calls the random golf club which is a, a place where anyone can play with anyone at any time if someone wants to put a random golf club event on and they put a shout out there and say look we're playing at oakley public golf course we've got 10 spots on sunday afternoon feel free to roll up that's the you know the essence of what random golf club is all age all ability anytime any place anywhere so hmm. eric was in town with Stuart kerr Good mate of mine, good mate of the podcast, good Scotsman. Happen to be a best friends. Eric and he are best friends. They were in town to play. I think they played at, um, yeah, they played all the Sandbelt courses. Kingston Heath today. They played at Peninsula Kingswood on Friday. They played at Victoria yesterday. Uh, they played at Metro. They had a look at Yarra Yarra. They had a look at St Andrews Beach. They went down to play Tom Doak's new uh, Gunnamatta course at the National. 
did all of that. I think tomorrow they go down to King Island and play at Ocean Dunes and Cape Wickham, and then they're going across to Barnboogle. So there's Eric, Stuart, and uh, Eric's partner, Alexandra O'Loughlin. So they're off doing that. Alexandra was here working for um, golf, the golf uh, – what's the golf, golf channel? Yeah, the golf channel. So on Friday night, he says, I'm going to do a random golf club at Royal Park. Now, Royal Park is the home of the original Random Golf Club. He did that in May 2019, not that long ago. There was 10 people there at that time. On Friday night, we had 90 people turn up and paid money, you know, paid a good rate to come and play golf with Eric Anders Lang, Stuart Kerr and Alexander O'Loughlin. Now, how do 90 people get to play with three people? That's a question to you, Rocket. How do you, how do you play... How do you play with – how do three people get around and, you know, meet 90 people? I'll tell you how. They play in three groups of 30. (laughs) 30 people teed off the first at Royal Park, which is a par three, followed by another 30, followed by another 30. Everybody played the par threes, their own ball, and on the par fours and five. I bet you you that 30 would have hit their tee shots faster than Bryson hits one. Mate. We played around in two hours, nine holes in two hours, thirty in a, in three by thirty balls. It was un- it was unbelievable. People from all parts of Australia, you know, so there's obviously people in town for the golf came and came and joined. Guy, I met guys from Sydney, I met guys from Gold Coast, I met guys from Perth, I met a lot of guys that I know from from just golf in Melbourne. Some of my guys were there, and it was unbelievable. But to think that thirty people can tee off on a tee. All hit shots, all chip and putt and hole out. It was just beautiful. It was beautiful to see that, you know, when you get used to golf in the way that it's traditionally played, you know, you've got your 854 group, four, you know, old Billy, old Ben, old Brad, old whoever, or young or whoever, doesn't matter. And off they go, and 10 minutes later, four more. And here we were doing it this way. There's a couple of dogs out there. And, you know, to their credit, and the way that they handled it was, was sensational. You know, Eric played with. One group for three holes and then moved to the next group and then Stu played with that group for three holes and then moved to the next group and then Alexandra played with that group. So they just played with everyone and just walked and talked and were filming and they had the drone up and doing all that sort of stuff. Mate, I've never seen 90 people have such a good time playing golf. It was unbelievable. We all got a burger and a bite to eat at the end of it and it was sensational. It really was sensational. So if you want to get on to... I don't think anyone really knows. I don't think Eric knows what is to become of the Random Golf Club. Um, but it's there. And if you want to be part of it, just go and join up their Instagram That's page. That's good thing, right? He's come up with an idea and gone, I don't know what this is going to look like. I've got a concept. I've got an idea. And I'm not going to get hung up on it. And I'm just going to just run with it and see what happens. Mate, it, it, was, sens- it was a sensational experience. Now... Me as an Eric Anders Lang fan, what was a sensational experience for me was um, Stu mentioned that they were going to be playing at PK on Friday morning early. So I saw that they were there about 6 o'clock. On my way into the city, just dipped in to the car park and I thought, well, if they started at 6.30, they've gone up first north, so they'll be on around the 4th. So I just, if I thought, well, if nothing else, I'll just stop and get a coffee at the the club. I just parked my car, you know, the car park there at the side of the um, 5th tee where you yep. came and met us when we were playing that day, walked across to yep. the fourth, there they were, putting out, walked up to Big Stew, gave him a bit of, you all right, pal? How you going, pal? My best Scottish accent. Had a bit of an embrace. 
hey, Ross, this is Eric. G'day, Eric. How are you going? I'm Ross. Hey, do you want to walk with us for, for a few holes? Absolutely. That'd be great. Thanks very much. Do you mind? Of course not, man. Clates was there and also Lucas Michelle were there playing golf. And uh, it was great. What was great about it was that they were so happy about Peninsula Kings where they just were blown away by that, which is obviously not hard to see. But, um, you know, they were just out there playing golf and it was just, just nice as a bit of a fanboy experience to be able to get the opportunity to go and walk a couple of holes with those guys and it was great to catch up with Stu. I'm very fond of Stu. Um, he's been very open uh, in his communication. We've tried to help him out with some mates getting down to Peninsula Kingswood and all that sort of thing. So it was a good, good, good experience. But uh, the random golf club on Friday night was unbelievable. So you can check out there's – there's, there's an Instagram page at uh, Random Golf Club Melbourne. You can, there's some footage on it there and some stories and stuff that people have been posting and you'll see it and you go, oh, wow, you know, how did that happen? But it did and it was great. So Random Golf Club, it's a thing. Yeah, that's awesome. That is awesome. Have to have you down there, Rocket. There, actually, there was a couple of fans of the podcast down there, and I must give them a shout out because I know that they will be listening. Sorry, I know it was remiss of me nearly to forget. I got, I just got caught up in the random golf club moment. But um, two shout outs, and one is to um, Matt Mollica. Now, Matt Mollica listened to your digestion of Dr. Alistair McKenzie. And Matt is probably, you know, the Melbourne-based aficionado. He's, the, doc- on, he's he, the doctor of the doctor. He's the doctor of the doctor. And uh, and Matt was very, very complimentary of your uh, dissertation of the influence of Dr. Alistair McKenzie. High, high praise indeed from the doctor of the doctor. It definitely was. But he was also very, very complimentary and it was very much appreciated, Matt, of our podcast, Rocket. Um, he thinks that we do a good job. He enjoys listening to it and he wants us to keep it going. So that's our goal for 2020. The other uh, chap that I met from uh, the podcast land was a mate of uh, Matt's, was Mike Caridi. Now you can follow Mike and Matt. Uh, Matt's at Mashy uh, underscore Melbourne. And then Mike Caridi, Mike, M-I-K-E, uh, C-A-R-I-D-I, Mike Caridi. Mike's a fan of the podcast and it was great to spend some time with him. Uh, he's also a fan of the Mental Mastery Golf Podcast and you can see on Jamie's page, um, he, we did a little video together and it was nice to hear that the Mental Mastery Golf Podcast, you can check that out at uh, the Mental Mastery Golf Podcast on all your favourite podcast aggregators. He was a fan of that and got some help out of it. So that was really, really good feedback, Rocket. It was, it was great. The other thing I've got to thank Matt for, I had a hit and I'm miffed that it's not on video. Uh, I don't know the hole. But it was about 140 metres. Someone was hitting a set of um, Matt's uh, hickories. So Matt is synonymous also for playing yes. with hi- for hit with hickories. So he bought yep. not only a set of hickories for himself, but he bought a, he- a set of hickories for someone else who didn't have a set of golf clubs. And the person who was using the hickories had to leave early and go back for a flight. So I ended up double bagging and carrying my clubs and, and a set of hickories. And I thought, well, I'll have a crack at this. I pulled out the Project Day tailor-made. And uh, it was about 140 metres. I think I used the Niblick or the Mashi or the Mashi Niblick. I can't remember which uh, which <laughs> nomenclature refers to which sort of loft, but it was about a seven iron. And I tell you what, I've stiffed it to about four feet. Like with a perfect, it was like a perfect little cut fade. It's and every, mastery. Everyone, it's a mental mastery that's it's taking hold. It's taking shape. Mate, everyone was like, oh, my goodness. You know, and I was like, oh, my goodness. Like I just – you know, it's got no leading edge, no bounce sole, nothing. So you, you know that it's going to grab. So I just picked it up a little bit steeper, 
I just gave a little bit of a bit of a cut, sort of three quarter punch swing, and this thing just starts tracking at the pin. And I'm like, oh my goodness! Now this this I, I was already thinking the you know this can't this if it's ever going to be a hole in one. And we joked about it with Eric on the tee. You know, I said, oh Eric, uh, someone said to me once that because I've had a hole one hole in one you know thirty over thirty years ago that it, it's nullified. It doesn't count anymore. And then. Two holes later, here I've got this little seven iron with a hickory tracking at the pin, and it lands about <laughs> two feet to the side. And like, it was, anyway, anyway, it was one of those moments. It was great. I loved it. Yeah, hickory. It was beautiful. It felt unreal. Go and try some hickories, Rocket. Oh, I think I'll have to. Yeah. Anyway, mate, um, I think I think you can tell from this chat. I'm very passionate about that movement. I don't know what it looks like. I don't know what it means. I just I know it means that people want to play golf and just go out and do it and play it, and it doesn't matter who they're playing with or when they're playing or what clubs they're using or not using or do they hit a shank or do they hit a 100-metre drive or a 200-metre drive. It doesn't matter. No one cares. Nope. They're just playing golf. Yep. So I'm pretty passionate about that. I'm pretty passionate about the, glo- the global golf people seeing Melbourne, and I'm pretty passionate about whoever's in charge, whether it's Daniel Andrews, whether it's the Australian government, PGA, the Golf Australia, whoever else is involved, European Tour, PGA Tour, turning this place into a place where big golf comes every year. I'm passionate about that. I've only got this as a voice to say that. No one else is listening other than the people that will download this, but that's what I'm passionate about, Rocket. I know you are too. I'm disappointed that the internationals didn't win, but it was a great tournament and a great showpiece for Australia and Australian golf. I love the energy and enthusiasm that you've brought to the coverage rocket. A little piece uh, on uh, Thursday went down very well. Downloads were great. I got a lot of feedback saying great overview. Thanks for the guys that did that. I don't know. I haven't got much else, Rocket. Oh, I think I'm just spent. I'm just spent. Yeah. I think I've just got to try and get over the internationals and they miss one. And oh, I don't know. I'm still trying to digest um, old Shovelhead. So. Oh, well, we can move on from him now. We had to talk about him, but he's gone. He's on a plane back out of here. Good. See you later, Patrick Reed. Anyway, mate, see you later. We will probably – it's coming up before Christmas. We'll try oh, and get I think we have. I think we'll have to do a Christmas special. A Christmas special. We'll have to get together. Yeah. Let's get together. Yeah, a, bit of for- a bit of a reflection. Let's get together for a Christmas special. Let's not do it over the phone. Let's yes. get together. Might even do a video. You know how we did the uh, the US Open video. Let's try and do a oh, video. US Open a one. video yes. one. Yes. You know yes. that. You know the US Open video on our My Love of Golf YouTube channel has been viewed at least seventy five times. Yeah, I, I I have watched it a couple. <laughs> Oh, you're taking you're taking claim for the seventy five views. You're watching yourself. You played it. You play, that's on your Christmas playlist, isn't it? Oh, guys, let's sit down and look at Uncle Rocket on the My Love of Golf YouTube channel. Uh, that's my goal. For, that's my goal for next year is to get more more YouTube stuff. I, I don't know what that looks like, but I would love to be able to make more video. I like making video. Ninety three views. I'll take that back, Rocket. You've watched yourself ninety three times. Well, I've at least watched you three times. But uh, <laughs> let's do that again somewhere. Right. I like the sound of that. On course. We might do an on course one. A bit of live stuff on Instagram. Wow. 
We're going places, mate. Hey, mate, it's been great. Thank you very much. I'm going to play you out with your own, very own tune, which everyone also loves. Until next time, Rocket, thanks for joining us on the My Love of Golf podcast. Thank you. 